Do you guys pray with me? Father in heaven, you're good, and we are grateful for that, that Christ paid our debt. Pray for those in this room tonight that have received that gift from our Father in heaven. We've received the Son, and your Holy Spirit dwells in us. But for those that may be in this room tonight that are still working out the details of all this, I just pray, Lord, that you would minister to each heart tonight as you see fit, that my voice wouldn't even matter, but the things you've laid on my heart that I get to speak, that you would take every word that I speak and tweak and perfect it for those that are hearing it tonight, Lord, because these scriptures that you've laid before us so long ago are yet so relevant for us today. Help me, Lord, tonight to have clarity, but give each one of us the ears to hear what it is you would have to speak to us tonight from the word that we'll look at. And thank you for all that you do, seen and unseen. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, have a seat, everyone. Welcome to Inside Out. It's nice to see you guys tonight. I guess that today's Valentine's Day, so happy Valentine's Day, everyone. It's nice to see you guys. I was telling my wife, I'm like, I wonder how many students will be here tonight because it's Valentine's Day, and I didn't know if you guys would have other plans, but it's nice to see you, and I'm glad you've joined us for youth group tonight. If I've not met you, my name's Dan. Um, I'm going to share with you kind of what God's laid on my heart the last couple, about the last week, I should say, and this has been one of the most convicting weeks for me reading scripture that I've had for a while, to be very honest with you guys, because tonight is some heavy stuff that I'm going to lay on you, but I want you to catch the rhythm of what we're going to be talking about tonight. So what I want to do is I'll go a quick review over the last couple of weeks. If you guys do not have a bulletin or over there on the table, please take the time to go grab one real quick so you can follow along with what God's laid on my heart. The last two weeks, we started a series two weeks ago, we're calling 10, and 10 is just the 10 commandments. And like I told you guys, I've been doing this, I've been do, working in youth ministry for probably 22 years, and I've never done a series on the 10 commandments before, and I've been so excited about the things God has taught me through the 10 commandments. We went over this the first week, does anybody know them? A lot of people know them. Hopefully by the end of this series, you guys will get to know them a little bit better. So this week, we're on week three, but I wanna go ahead and just do a quick backup and review of what's going on in the story for those of you that might not know. So God has taken, the Israelites were in captivity for 430 years. God through 10 plagues that he did with Pharaoh, 10 miracles that he worked out. Pharaoh released the Israelites so they were able to get out of slavery. And remember this, you guys, before God gives us any of the commandments that he gives to the Israelites, what he did first was rescued them out of slavery. So he shows them, he not only tells the Israelites that he loves them, he doesn't always tell us that he doesn't only tell us that he loves us, he shows us. And before we ever hear any of the commandments, basically it looks like this. God said, I'm going to come rescue you. You're my people, come follow me. And when they get out of there, he's gonna set up, he's gonna establish 10 commandments. Now watch this, listen close. 10 commandments to make sure that the Israelites had an opportunity to have a really good relationship with God. These commandments are commandments, yes, but it's about a relationship. It's how to establish a good relationship with the one, listen, who rescued them. And we just sang the song about what Jesus has done. Jesus has done the same thing for us. He comes into the land of captivity where we're lost in our hearts. We don't know him. We're still dead in our sins and trespasses. He gives his life on the cross for me, comes into my world, shares the gospel in my heart, and then he rescues me out of being a slave to sin. I want you guys to capture this, especially tonight. What God does, he does everything because he loves me and he wants to have a relationship with me. That's the key thing about everything in the Bible. Everybody thinks, well, God's an old grouch. He lays out all these rules that we gotta follow. No, they're no different. It's Valentine's Day today, okay? And we're gonna talk about our words and how we use, how we don't 
profane the name of God in certain things. And I was talking to my wife, Rachel, about this this morning. We struggle with this for some reason, and I did for a long time. Before I became a Christian, I struggled with this stuff about rules and things to do, and I don't need to be told what to do, and all this stuff that God's a grouch, and and I, I believe in God, but I don't want to follow those rules that Christianity sets up for you. But I told my wife this morning, we were talking, and I said, think about this. When we're gonna talk about using the Lord's name in vain tonight, how, do you, how, do you, how healthy of a relationship do you guys think I would portray between Rachel, my wife, and I, if I come in here tonight and said bad things about her? And I come in here tonight and she's like, she wants, she's got all these rules for me, and I don't wanna do this anymore. This sucks, I don't like being married to her. She's so mean, and she's got so many rules, no. I love my wife, as you guys know. I hope you guys have picked that up over the years. That I kind of love my wife a lot, right? And I do things, I use words, and I behave in such a manner to keep my relationship with her healthy. Do my, I guess if we sat down, we'd probably have 10 commandments in our relationship. Rachel would say, you better not commit adultery. I don't want you lying to me. I don't want you to murder anybody and hate anyone. Does that seem shocking to you guys? But with God, it's like, ah, not with God. I'm not being told what to do by him. It's nuts, isn't it? When you really stop and think about it, it's crazy how we break this down. This is about a relationship. The very first week we looked at was the, 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 the principle of first. Remember, God says, you shall have no other gods before me. Well, well, that's really weird. Rachel said, well, you can have all kinds of other women other than me, Dan, but just don't have any before me. No, again, it's about a relationship. And God says, don't, you shall have no other gods before me. Why? Because he rescued me out of slavery. Not to owe him anything, but to honor him for what he did. The second week was, you shall have no carved images before me. Remember, we talked about that. We don't make images with our hands that we worship. Christian art's not an issue. Christian art is about decorating my house, but if I build something in my life, be it a boy or a girl, it's Valentine's Day, and if I got a boyfriend or a girlfriend who's captured my heart, and now all of a sudden I'm worshiping at the throne who they are, rather than at the throne who God is. There's nothing wrong with being captivated by another person. I'm pretty captivated by my wife, but I don't worship her. She's not my Lord and Savior. Jesus is. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. So you look at the relationship, you shall make no carved images before me. I want to be first in your life, God says. Why? Because I've got good for you and I love you and here's me demonstrating it to you. So the third commandment we'll look at tonight, this one is titled, Honor His Name. Man, this has been convicting for me this week and I want you guys, listen, look at me very closely tonight. I want you to listen to God because this is gonna pierce some hearts what I'm gonna share tonight, to be very honest with you. It's pierced mine and I like to think I walk pretty well with the Lord, but there's been some things that God's pointed out to me in this, this message that I'm bringing tonight that have really convicted me. Not really anything, not, nothing I need to really clean up, if you will, but things I do need to pay attention to. I gotta watch for things in my life because there's a supernatural foe called the devil trying to trip me up and screw me up and do things wrong before God. So I often say it this way, to be saved, I don't get saved to be better. I give my life to Christ and I'm saved because I wanna be rescued from my sin, I wanna be born again, I wanna be brought from death to life spiritually. Am I better because of that? Absolutely, because out of who I am being a Christian man, the doing comes out of that. 
If I just try to do good things without being a Christian first, I do good things as long as I want to do them, and then when I'm sick of doing them and I don't want to do them anymore, I stop. Behavior-based modification is not what Christianity is. It's not about following rules. I don't have to follow rules. I get to follow rules. I get to do what God tells me to do. Are there things in a relationship with Christ that we follow? Absolutely. Are there, there are things in a relationship between a guy and a gal or a mom and a dad? What? Yes. There's commandments and rules to follow, but it's not to earn anything. It's to honor the one who rescued me, who brought me from death to life. So Christianity doesn't make me better. It saves me, and out of my salvation comes a better Dan, a more consistent Dan that walks with God. Does that make sense to you guys? I want to make sure I'm clear on that, because tonight we're going to have to be very clear on that. The third commandment, Exodus 20, chapter, or verse 7 says this, you shall not take the Lord of the, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Now, I've tried people on this, and I've asked a couple of people along the way this week, and I'll ask you guys, you don't need to answer back, but when you hear, do not take the Lord God your name and his name in vain, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? No profanity, right? No GDs, no, no JCs, none of that stuff. That's how I'm not, and you're not supposed to do that, and I'll talk about that in a second, but that's not what this is about. It says in this, I use the New King James Version here. Some of your translations will say, don't misuse the Lord's name, which there's nothing wrong with that translation, but this word take means something, okay? To take something means I pick it up and I carry it. Over in the leader meeting that we had before the, we got started tonight, Catherine put it this way. It's like I'm carrying a banner that says I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of God. I'm carrying a banner in my life. It's not just what I say. It's how I behave. It's how I walk with him. Do I walk to honor him? Do you guys think, and I'm going to stay on this tonight. <clears throat> it has nothing to do with being Valentine, Valentine's Day, but it falls on this day. Do you guys think I have a desire that you watch me, those that know me really well in this room, you watch me with, with my wife. Do you think I walk in a way that honors my wife? You better believe I do. That is my desire. Why? Because I owe her because she's my wife. No, because I love her. And we've got things that we do for each other during the day and at night. And we walk well with each other because we're in love with one another. It's about a relationship. So when you think about you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, take means to reach out, pick it up, and carry it. So if you're a Christian in this room tonight, when you leave here, you're carrying the Lord's name with you. And names matter. See, in biblical days, names meant something. When they named somebody something, it was an anticipation of what this person would grow into, good or bad. Remember Thomas, Doubting Thomas? Rahab the prostitute? Jacob, who was the deceiver? Remember all those names? Isaac, whose name meant laughter? And you think about my name. Daniel means, I think it means the um, strong in the Lord, if I remember right. If I remember, that's what that means. Our names back in those days meant something. But don't they today? Think about a school. You don't want to be, you don't want somebody to think you're, think, when they look at you, they think of your name. They say they're your name. What do they see? Our names matter to us, don't they? My brother's son, which I don't think I would do, he's got canoes tattooed in big letters across his back. And that's not me. I'm not going to do that. I don't like needles. <laughs> but to him, it meant something. But our names matter, and so does God's. God's name matters it needs to be set apart, it needs to be holy. This idea to take in vain means any inappropriate 
use of God's name that brings disrespect or tarnishes it in a way you're speaking of him means that you're taking it in vain. So let's get into this real quick so we don't run out of time tonight. I want you guys to think about names, okay? Here are at least two ways that this command is commonly disobeyed. In other words, we don't honor God's name. We take his name in vain. The first one is profanely. <clears throat> the, the, the word vain, which is shava in the Hebrew, means this, meaningless, careless, or empty of content. Now think of God. Is God meaningless, empty, and careless, and empty of content? No, but to use his name in vain, that's what it means, is that's what we're doing. Using God's name, as a, using God's name in main, vain as blasphemy. Lack of, and blasphemy just means this, it's a big Bible word. It just means lack of reverence for the name, lack of reverence for God. And like we've talked about in this room a lot of times, I think in today's society, we don't have any reverence for God. We've lost that reverence because God's not that big a deal in culture anymore. Is he still a big deal? Yeah, he hasn't changed any. And for those that love him and follow him, he's a very big deal. I'm gonna challenge you guys for a second, Kane. It's in your notes. <clears throat> I want you guys to know I really believe that society has undervalued the name of God. And here's my example. And again, you hear my heart. I love, I love you guys. You know that, right? I love you guys, okay? Just so you know. Anybody put on their social media OMG before? Oh my God. Ever seen it? I know it's out there. That's using God's name in vain because it's not honoring God. It's taking his name in vain. Now, I, I'm not telling you not to do that, but it's something to consider as you're living your life. When you're, when you're oh my God, in it, oh, what is the context behind that comment? What's the context behind that social media post? You gotta ask yourself this because God tells us not to do that. That's one of the things, to degrade his name or to use it in a coarse manner. I love this one too. When I... Before I knew the Lord, you know what I wanted to do every New Year's Eve? You know what my New Year's Eve resolution was? Many of you know this, just to quit saying the F word. Can you imagine me walking in that door for you guys have been hanging around me for a few years and watching me drop the F-bomb over and over and over and over and over again? I just wanted to quit using the F word. You know what's crazy? I didn't want to quit using GD or JC. How heartbreaking is that to me now? You think about that. All I want to do is quit using the F word so much. Just pick a different word, Dan. That's what people used to tell me. So when I used to say, well, the only time, yeah, I've heard people say this, the only time I really cuss is when I get really angry and I'm mad. Anybody? <laughs> Our words matter, you guys. And when we use words that don't honor God, it makes, some, it makes a difference to him. We're told in the Bible, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. You see, from a dad's perspective, if you look at God as a father and me as a dad, and I hear my kids profaning my name, would be going out and talking bad about me in the community. That would break my heart. Think about when you guys have kids and you got kids and you're my age and your kids are adults and they go around profaning your name in, in the community, it's gonna destroy you. But again, we don't look at it that way with God. Make sense? So you gotta ask yourself, I only cuss when I get really mad. Well, that's not a matter of your words, you guys. That's a matter of your heart. Believers should never use profanity. And you're looking at a guy that was really good at it and it's the only words I knew, you guys. And I mean this genuinely with all my heart. It's lazy language. You don't have to think about it. I've often told you guys, what if I come in here on a Wednesday night and I just started cussing up a blue streak? Would I get my point across any better? No, 
It's crazy, isn't it? But we use it all the time. But if we're gonna honor God and we're gonna take his name up and we're gonna walk with it, we gotta be careful not to use that kind of language because it defames him. It's not good for him. It's lazy and it doesn't honor God and it shows that we've got a, uh, we lack, our brains are running out of fuel because we don't know what words to use and it means our heart's in the wrong spot. You know how I know that? Because it says in um, Proverbs 4.23, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything flows out of it. Luke 6, 45, from the mouth speaks what is in the, the heart is full of. Look at me, if you can't control your tongue and you really don't wanna do this anymore and you're tired of using this kind of language, what you have to do, it's a heart check. It's not your language that's the issue, you guys, it's your heart. And you can be a God-fearing Christian and love God, but still have this battle within you because you've not surrendered that part of you to God. Ask God to cleanse your heart of that stuff. Let your speech always be full of grace and seasoned with salt. Another way to profane, profane God is this. In Ezekiel chapter 36, I really believe you see the Israelites profane God's name and the way they behaved. Profanity is not the only way to profane God's name, to use his name in vain. What the Israelites did around 600 BC, they were taken captive back to Babylon. Remember when Nebuchadnezzar came and got them? Do you know why Ezekiel 36, 20 through 23 says that happened? Because it says, God says, they profaned my name. And profaning their name was they were following false idols. Remember we talked about last week, don't make any carven images. Moloch, remember him? The big bronze statue, belly full of fire. The Israelites, God's, it makes my head hurt. God's people would take their children and they would take it to this false idol to worship the God of Molech and they would put their children in the fire. That's profaning God's name. And that's what his people were doing and that's why they were cast into captivity the way they were. And the other thing you think about, like we talked about last week, you got Baal and Asherah, two more idols that people made up with their own hands. The Israelites, what were they doing more like we talked about last week? One was a family idol and the other one was weather and one was sexual. So what they would do with these idols is they would, men would go and they would lay with a prostitute at the temple hoping their, hoping their wife could get pregnant at home. It's crazy, sin makes you stupid. That's basically what this leads into. So the reason they got put into captivity was because they profaned God's name by the behavior that they had. Their actions canceled out their words. You can come in here on a Wednesday night and act like a Christian and say you're a Christian all you want. You know I love you guys and I'm glad you're here. Please hear my heart. But I gotta tell you the truth about what the Bible teaches us. Your actions, will, your, your actions cancel out your words. Your, words are either, your actions are either gonna validate your words that I'm a Christian and I follow Christ or your actions are gonna defame and cancel out your words. Does that make sense to you guys? Walk the walk. Some people talk, 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 but they don't walk. I didn't want to be a hypocrite when I was, when I was a brand new believer. I remember talking to Pastor Dan. I didn't want to be that guy on Wednesday night at the bar having a cold beer telling somebody about Jesus. If you want to do that, great. Go knock yourself out. But for me, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to be who I said I was. I didn't want to be a hypocrite Christian. I didn't want to be a play-acting Christian. I was so careful with this when I first gave my life to Christ. Do you guys realize, because you guys know the vehicle that I drive and students always have, do you guys realize I would not park in front of a bar? Because you guys might see my car. And it might make you think to yourself, why is Dan in the bar? Because why is that important to me? Because when you come in here on a Wednesday night, you wouldn't listen to me as close. 
because I wouldn't be walking what I was talking about. Does that make sense to you guys? This is important stuff because I didn't want to break God's heart. I knew what he did for me. He saved me. He pulled me out of the pit of hell, a man who was deep in sin, and God rescued me, and I didn't deserve it. And I don't do it to, to earn it. I do it to honor him. That's why I do the things I do. So I wanted to make sure I wasn't going to be a hypocrite. Here's another reason why. You want to know why? Because in Ephesians chapter 6, it says this. As a dad, this was huge to me. It says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. That word exasperate means fathers, don't make your kids nuts. And you know what I think dads do wrong? And I'll tell every dad on the planet this, and I am not ashamed to say it. The reason why dad kids go crazy over their parents is because their parents are telling them to live one way, and they're not living that way. And they're living as hypocrites. There's moms and dads all over the place that are doing this, and it breaks my heart. But that's what exasperates people when it comes to Christianity. I was, before I gave my life to Christ a long time ago, I was so sick and tired of people saying I'm a Christian and behaving exactly like I did. I didn't want that. I wanted to be different when I gave my life to Christ. I wanted to honor God with my decisions and what I was doing. I didn't want to be that guy anymore. But here's the deal. You know what else it says? It says, children, obey your parents. Are you? It doesn't say children obey your parents if your parents are good enough then they deserve it. It says children obey your parents for this is right in the Lord. This is a two-way street. Moms and dads drive kids crazy but a lot of times they go crazy because the kids aren't doing what they're told. And if you're not getting along at home, I used to tell my kids this all the time. You want me to get off your back? Follow God. You want me to get off your back? Walk with the Lord. Walk steady with him and walk faithfully with him because then I don't have to worry about you anymore. So you gotta obey your parents and your parents can't drive you crazy. I want them to be people of who they say they are. I always said it this way. If you're gonna be a fire-breathing heathen, go be a fire-breathing heathen. Knock yourself out, I don't care. I care a little bit. Do you understand what I'm saying? But if you're gonna be a Christian, be a Christian, be a full-time Christian. Believers should never desire to take the name of God up and then act in a way that disgraces him because it grieves his heart. He gave his life for us and he loves you, that's why we don't do that. The last thing is this, carelessly. We use the word, we use his name carelessly or frivolously, and this means basically just using it in a superficial or a not very smart way. This would be like taking God's name in a careless manner or a lighthearted manner. I'm gonna read you guys a scripture out of Ephesians chapter five. I got to share this scripture at, at uh, FCA yesterday for just a few minutes. This scripture means a lot to me and I think it's a good pattern and example of how we should be living our lives in Christ. Ephesians chapter five verses probably one through four says this. God, it says, and this is Paul talking to Christians. Follow God's example therefore as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering, a sacrifice to God. So why should we walk the way we walk? Because we're following the example of Jesus Christ and what he did, he sacrificed his life for you. He gave everything for you. Are we willing to give our lives back to him? That's, don't make it any harder than that with what we're talking about tonight. Are we gonna follow his example because he sacrificed his life and that sacrifice was a fragrant offering to the Lord. You guys have heard me talk about this before, the old Indiana Jones movies, right? You read, the guy reaches in the end, the guy's heart, chest, and rips out his heart, and boom, 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 he's holding his hand, right? 
A sacrifice looked like this. It would be something they would slice up, lay on the altar, and they would burn. And that aroma, that fragrance from that heart would be pleasing to God because that heart belonged to God. If somebody did that with you tonight and we took your heart and laid it on the altar, sliced it up, lit it up, and let that smoke, that fragrance go to heaven, would it be a stench in God's nostrils? Would your heart be a stench because of the way you're behaving? And maybe you don't know him yet, or would it be a fragrant offering? I'm not, talk I'm not talking about being perfect in your behavior. I'm talking about being perfect in your desire to follow God. You guys, we're not gonna be perfect. It's like I told you, this week's been pretty convicting for me. I am far from perfect, and I'm the first one to say so, but my desire is to walk well with Lord, so my heart, the aroma of my heart, would be pleasing to him that way. But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or greed because these are improper for God's holy people. And why is God telling us this again? Because it creates a healthy relationship with him. Nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking. They are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. That's what God wants us to do. And I want you guys to make sure you're hearing this tonight because I know this is a little bit for me it was, maybe it's not for you, but for me it's, it, it took me some time to get my arms around this, but it's because he loves me and he wants to have a healthy relationship with me and he's telling me how to do that by what I'm sharing with you guys or what the word says tonight. So we don't do that, we don't take his name lightly. You, you ever heard this saying, and you may have, I used to say this all the time, I believe in the man upstairs. I believe in the big guy in the sky. I believe there's an outer force out there somewhere that is bigger than me. See, when I, before I became a Christian, I was not an atheist. I believed in God. I believed there was a God. I just didn't know him. I didn't have a relationship with him yet. So I believe that's, that's using his name carelessly, making jokes about God, using for coarse language again. A believer, is ex, a believer is expected to uphold standards and speech in God. We gotta be able to follow what God says in the Bible to have a healthy relationship with him. I'm gonna tell you guys why this matters so much to me. One of the scariest Bible verses in the book is this one here in my opinion. In Matthew 12, 36, it says this. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account, listen, for every careless word they speak. He's talking to Christians. On the day of judgment, we're gonna give an account for every careless word that we speak. I think careless words are lazy words. They're harmful words. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me. Is a lie from the pit of hell. I think words matter. I'm 61 years old, and I can still remember the words my dad spoke over my life that I deal with every day. Those have never healed. I often say to people, if I give you a razor blade, would you go around cutting people like this all, all day long like this? And they'd be like, no, that's stupid. Then why do we do it with our tongues? Why do we tear people down and de-edify people and say mean things about people and gossip about one another? Why do we do that? It's exactly like taking a razor blade and cutting someone with it. But can I tell you something? You're probably better off to do that. You know why? Because I've got scars and those cuts will heal. But I'm here to tell you that the words people speak over your life and the words you're speaking over someone's life, those words never go away. We don't have a delete button in our brain, you guys. So we're gonna use words that are gonna honor God. I don't wanna use words that are gonna defame and disgrace and not bring him honor and be harmful and mean to one another. In today's world, it's crazy what we're doing to each other. It's stupid what we're doing to each other, you guys. And everything we do doesn't honor God. And, and unfortunately, a good majority of them are Christians because we lose sight of the fact that we're not supposed to do this stuff as believers. We're supposed to honor God. And we're gonna be held, we're not gonna be, it says he will not hold them guiltless. In other words, it's gonna matter on the day of judgment, what we say and what we don't say. That's what he says in the scripture. Now listen to me. This is Old Testament. 
Thank God we're under New Testament. And thank God for the grace of Christ that we sang about where Jesus paid it all. So like me, I would encourage you guys, if you find yourself tonight kind of hanging your head a little bit and not wanting to have this conversation because God's speaking directly to your heart, my, my encouragement to you is find Christ in this because this is, the, this is the love of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, which we'll talk about in a few more minutes, that he loves me enough to come that I can have the grace that when I blow it, I can be forgiven and I can be back in the right relationship with him. That's what matters the most. So how do we not take his name in vain? How we speak and how we convey God is, a, is in a direct correlation to my relationship with him. I really believe that's true, so guard your heart. We should respect his name and, and use it appropriately in fear and reverence. And we sing it in praise and worship exactly like we did there because Jesus taught us what to do. God's name is holy. There's some names on this list I want you guys to go over as a group, if you will. Just read those and read the scriptures and start to, start to ponder who God says he is. But his name is holy because in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, in the Lord's Prayer, what's the first line? Jesus says, to pray this way, hallowed be thy name. It's set apart, it's holy, but are we living that way and have we ever used his name in vain? If we have, we ask for God's forgiveness. Talk amongst your tables for just a few minutes and we'll come up here and close. Okay, if I can have you guys' attention back to the front of the room, we'll get this thing wrapped up. If you guys wanna stay and visit, you can when we're done, but okay, so let's just talk about this for just a minute, okay? If we're just gonna be boldly honest with one another, we blow it, don't we? And we don't always get this right, and I know we don't. And God doesn't expect us to get it right, because otherwise we wouldn't need him, make sense? So tonight, if you hear a message like this tonight, and I wanna remind you guys about a scripture, okay? Each one of you sitting in this room tonight, I don't know where all your hearts are at with God, okay? I don't know if you're saved, not saved, know Jesus, don't know Jesus, that's discussions we can have afterwards if you'd like. But here's what I would tell you guys. Number one, if you're in this room and you don't know the Lord, he wants to know you. He gave his life for you. The Bible says God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It says, and this is what strikes me about the name, you guys. It says in the Bible, we are saved when we do what? Call upon the name of Jesus. Names matter in scripture, you guys. And when you call upon the name of the Lord and you ask him to forgive you of your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all unrighteousness because we're gonna blow it. John says it this way, the Apostle John says it this way, in 1 John chapter two, my dear children, he's talking to us, I write this to you that you will not sin. You will not sin. This is why John says I'm writing this to you so you know you don't have to. Do you realize you don't have to sin? You don't have to do things that are bad with your relationship with God. You have a choice. When I first did a junior high ministry, 20 years ago, 23 years ago, we were upstairs in another building and I, I spray painted on the wall choices for the junior hires because I believe we got a choice. We got a free will and we can choose to follow God or we can choose not to follow God. It is up to us. God's never gonna make you love him. God's never gonna make you confess your sin to him. God's never gonna make you have a relationship with him, but he loves you and John says, but if you sin, I pray that you don't sin, but if you do, we have an advocate with the Father and his name is Jesus Christ. And being that advocate, he is faithful and just to forgive us when we don't measure up. Remember, the 10 commandments are there to show us we can't but here's what I know if I love the Lord God my God with all my heart mind soul and strength I don't use GD and JC anymore 
Do I blow it with other language? Yes. But I don't do those things anymore. I don't walk, my desire is not to walk in a way that doesn't honor him. But do I do it once in a while? Yes. But that's why we have grace. That's why we have grace in the New Testament. Because I can look at the cross and see my Savior up there. And what put him up there is me and my sin. And yet he's alive and well, sitting at the right hand of the Father, and he died for me that I might experience grace when I screw it up before God. All I have to do is if, he, if I've sinned, I confess my sin to him, and he is faithful and just to forgive me. So if you're here tonight, we're gonna close with a song. And if you're in this room tonight, Christian or not Christian, and it's time that you need to know the Lord, now's the time to do that. Don't put off till tomorrow what can be done today. And the other thing is if you're walking with the Lord and you're a Christian in this room, but you got some stuff you need to clean up that you need to repent from, and repent literally means this. If I've been walking towards something that's harming my relationship with God, I need to turn from that and turn back to him. If you're there and you've been doing stuff and you need to repent, you don't wait till tomorrow. You get it taken care of tonight because tomorrow's not promised. It's not to be morbid, but tomorrow's not promised. So when we sing this song about the name of Jesus, we're all gonna stand. I want you guys to sing as well. But if you need to kneel down at your table, come up here to the front, pray, whatever you wanna do, you do that while we're singing this song. Everybody on your feet. We'll spend some time doing what we're supposed to do with this name of Jesus, and that's to praise him and worship him with a thankful and grateful heart. So we'll sing. If you've got something to get cleaned up tonight, tonight's the night to do it. Picture something with me. God just laid this on my heart. Someday we're gonna stand before God in heaven. That day will come. I want you to think about the words you're using now when we see that beautiful one named Jesus someday and he stands before us and we see the holes in his hands exactly like Thomas did one day and we say, my Lord and my God. I want you to think about the words you're using today, how you're acting today because someday every one of us, Christian or non-Christian, are gonna stand before that God and give an account. So may we live our lives today with that picture in mind, making decisions today based on what will happen then. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth of the Old Testament and the grace in the new, Lord. Grateful for our Savior. Just pray for each person, including myself here, Lord, that we never take advantage of your grace, that we live by your enabling grace, that we don't take advantage of it all the time by just continuing to fall into sin and using uh, profanity and profaning your name and using your name carelessly. I want to do that, Lord. Help us by your grace to live in a manner that always brings you reverence and honor and glory, not to earn a thing, Lord, but because of what you've done. Help us tonight to be men and women of God, that the doing that comes out of that honors you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Love you guys, you're dismissed, everyone. Have a great night.